premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, this is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast for our Friday night edition of our Thursday night Bible study. Well, that might sound a little confusing to you if this is your first time listening in. Uh, we took off Thursday evening to celebrate Thanksgiving with our families. Uh, I didn't want to do a live show and you know pull everybody away from doing that uh, because that's so very, very important, especially today. Uh, it's really important to spend that quality time with our family, with our friends, with our loved ones. Uh, to fellowship around a, a great meal and to just reflect upon all the many blessings that the Lord has poured down upon us, undeserving as we are. So uh, I really do hope that you enjoyed your time. I hope you, has, uh, you guys had a great meal. I hope you had some great conversation. And I really, really hope that you spent some time thinking about those things that matter so, so much. God, family, and country. And I hope that's something that you did. And maybe you could throw some football in there too. But uh, I hope you guys had a great Thursday night uh, with your families. Great Thanksgiving. Uh, but we have some work to get to today. We're going to be getting into Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 in just a little bit. We're continuing on with our study of the five T's. And what are those five T's? You guys should know by now. It's First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, and Titus. Now, uh, getting into Second Timothy, uh, we only have about oh, I don't know, um, four more chapters. Well, four chapters in Timothy, Second Timothy, three chapters to go in uh, in Titus, and uh, after that, we'll be getting into the book of Revelation, which I'm really, really excited to do. Uh, I told you before, uh, I never taught through Revelation, so this is going to be a, tr a tremendous challenge for me. And uh, I am excited to it. I think I'm up to the task for it, and I hope you get a blessing out of it. But before we do any of that, we do have some housekeeping things that we need to do. So would you please head over to our website, com, And once you get over there, visit our contact section. Uh, open up that web form and send us a message. Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, concerns, and especially your prayer requests. I look forward to getting all of your messages, all of your email. I got some really good ones over the course of the last week from, from Sunday, uh, from our last Sunday broadcast to today. Uh, some great comments and feedback uh, over on Good Pods for the uh, Sunday night message. So, folks, uh, make use of that contact form. But, of course, if you don't like the contact form, you could always email me directly by uh, sending me a message to info at com. 
That would be info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And also, while you're on the website, would you please take a look for the uh, support this podcast button? And when you find it, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set up that recurring contribution for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, you could also, uh, if, you, if you know, your budget's tight, you can't afford to do a, a regular recurring contribution, you can make a one-time contribution also by clicking on the Waygiver button on our website, and uh, you can set that up as a one-time contribution. But what I'd like you to do, and I've asked you this many, many times, is to pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these, uh, these broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if, you've, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution would go a long, long way and would be a tremendous blessing to other people, and I would be very, very thankful for it. Now, of course, as always, and in the spirit of Thanksgiving, uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to the Lord for giving me the opportunity to serve Him and to allow me this chance uh, to get behind the microphone and do this with you to open up the Word of God every week, to, to study these wonderful foundational truths that we have written out for us by the hand of God. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for, th- for those opportunities. And, of course, I want to say thank you to all of our current supporters. Those of you who do support us prayerfully, thank you so much for your prayers. Your prayers mean more to me than you can possibly imagine. I really do look forward to uh, looking at my inbox and seeing... You know, uh, prayer requests, I love seeing the comments and the feedback. And, um, you know, from last Sunday to, to today, we've had a tremendous amount of feedback on the uh, Sunday message, the Captain of Our Salvation. I appreciate your comments and the encouraging words. And um, it was a real blessing to do that message with you guys. And I'm, I'm very thankful that we've gotten the feedback that we have. And, of course, I want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. Your contributions uh, help us basically do everything that we're doing here, keeping the lights on, uh, getting materials that we could send out. You know how we are very, very close to getting enough where we can purchase a case or two or Bibles so that we can have them on hand to give out to anybody that requests them. Um, so uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, and if, again, if you could contribute more, that would be great. If you can't, just pray for us and just pray that the Lord will call up people that would be able to uh, financially support us in any way. Uh, and, uh, of course, I want to say thank you to all of you, every one of you that tune in faithfully every single show that we do. Thank you so much for that. Over on Good Pods, I talk about Good Pods an awful lot. I, I really do like the platform. I like the community sense of the platform. I like the fact that we can interact with each other through the platform. It's like a combination of a podcast player and a social media platform. It's great. So if you don't have an account, I would encourage you to go get yourself a GoodPods account. Uh, You can download the app in any one of the uh, app stores, or you can go to goodpods.com, set yourself up an account. And when you do that, make sure that you look for us at the SOTS podcast. Subscribe to the show and follow me there, and I'll be sure to follow you back. Um, but on Good Pods, with every with most of the downloads that we've been getting have been coming through Good Pods, believe it or not. And um, what's great about it, like I said, is that uh, because of all that activity, all the downloads and all the plays, 
uh, folks, this this little podcast of ours is number one right now this week in the top 100 podcasts podcasts for the last week. And uh, we're also the number one podcast in religion and spirituality and the number one podcast in the Christianity categories. It wouldn't be that way if it wasn't for everybody tuning in, listening on a regular basis. And that's huge also because that affects the algorithms when folks search for us and they search for a Bible study or they get onto Good Pods for the first time and they're looking to see what shows to follow. You know, we're right there at the top. And that's great because what we're doing here with the Word of God, we're, we're preaching truth. We're preaching the unadulterated Word of God. We're not watering it down. We're not making it politically correct. We're doing it, thus saith the Lord. And that's important. You, you get so many podcasts and so many Bible studies that water down the gospel. They use perverted texts as, as uh, their teaching. But we don't do that. We stick with the Word of God in English for us, the King James Bible. And there's a reason for that. And coming up very soon, we're going to be doing a, a Bible study, and we're going to compare some of these new versions with the King James Bible, and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. You'll come across people from time to time that'll tell you that, oh, well, you know, all Bibles say the same. No, they don't. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but they don't. And uh, when we get into that study uh, sometime down the road here, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. So that's why it's important that you follow us on on uh, on on all of these platforms and get that algorithm boosted so that we can attract folks to hear the truth and hear the word of God. Now I know that really kind of went off on a little bit of a rant, and I, I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm not really sorry about that, but you get what I mean. Um, it's important. It's important to say, and I want to th- say thank you to everybody. I want to say thank you to all of you who pray for us, all of you who already financially support us, and every one of you guys who listen in on a regular basis. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, and Bible-preaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service is at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook, and once you're there, you'll find lots of helpful and useful information. And you also might find some episodes of this podcast. But folks, wherever you're listening, like I've told you time and time again, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it. Give it a five-star review on whatever platform you can, like Spotify or Good Pods. And then share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to get into the whole thing with the algorithms again because I just did it. But it is so very, very, very important that we spread the gospel, that we get the Word of God out, especially today. Today, now is the time of salvation. Now, people need to hear the gospel more than ever. The Lord Jesus Christ is standing at the door. He's, he's ready to come on through. We're waiting for the rapture of the church. You know, there's absolutely nothing on my schedule or my calendar that, that's so important that I couldn't cancel for that. I am looking forward to the rapture. I cannot wait for it. I, 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 I pray every day that today would be the day that he comes. 
And then after the rapture, you have the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ when the Lord comes back for the battle of Armageddon and to set up the millennial kingdom. What a glorious time that's going to be. But folks, it's right here. It's around the corner. It's closer than you think. It's way closer than you think. So get the gospel out. Get yourself some gospel tracts. Point folks to Bible studies like ours. It is so very, 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 very important. I got stuck on the very there. But it is. It absolutely is. So let's head over to our announcement section. All right, so uh, don't forget Sunday uh, at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time, we have our Sunday afternoon service. Uh, it's a great time of fellowship. We uh, pretty much follow the similar format that we're doing here, except uh, we go into the prayer list a little bit more in detail. Uh, but uh, the same basic format, we uh, go through our opening, we do some announcements, uh, some prayers, and then we get into a preaching service as opposed to a teaching service. And there is a very fine line between preaching and teaching. And uh, how do you know about that? Well, we did a lesson on that. So you can head over to the archives. You can find that show and check it out. All right, um, folks, if you're interested in prepping, uh, I would like to recommend the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a podcast and vidcast for the listeners and subscribers of the Contra Radio Network, focusing on the issues and concerns of discerning preppers and patriots. You can find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. You can also hear all the audio on all of their major podcasting platforms. And, of course, I want to say thank you to the folks over at the Contra Radio Network for uh, rebroadcasting our shows. Uh, we appreciate that, and we're very, very thankful that we could partner up with you guys in that capacity, and uh, we look forward to doing it into the foreseeable future. Folks, don't forget to head over to the website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and look for those programming announcements uh, in the subscription box on the website. So you just fill out that little subscription box, you get on our mailing list, and before we do shows uh, or we change a schedule like we did for this one, we had sent out the notification for that, uh, or if we have a guest coming on or, or anything to do with the show's programming, uh, we'll send out an email about it, and you can get yourself on that list so you can stay in the know. It's important. All right. Uh, something I had mentioned uh, on Sunday, and I hope you've been praying for me about this, um, praying, I'm praying with me about this. Uh, I'm looking to start in January uh, to do a Missionary of the Month segment on the show. And I would, of course, be going over any updated prayer letters that we receive from missionaries uh, that we know of and that we support, maybe at my church, or if you have a recommendation, someone we can look up and, and kind of vet and see where they are. Uh, and the plan is is to talk about them a little bit, give them a little exposure, uh, and possibly even divert a portion of the monthly support that we receive to an active missionary, whether here in the States or abroad. Uh, and the reason why we're waiting until January, well, we want to pray about it. We want to make sure that we have the funds available to do it. And probably more important than than, than any of those is the fact that there are some missionaries that I know of that I cannot reveal their names or where exactly it is that they're serving because the, uh, the local government where they are would not allow it. So uh, we want to protect them and their safety, the safety of the churches that they may have started, 
the, the folks that uh, depend on them for ministry. So we want to protect them. So we're not going to mention names in certain areas for those reasons. So uh, I need to go over the, over the uh, missionary support list and to see who we have where and reach out to them and find out if we can even mention them by name. So we're going we're gonna to do that, and we're going to set a target for January. All right, uh, last announcement that we have. Um, unless there's something that you guys want mentioned, you can uh, just drop it over in the, in the uh, chat group, which, by the way, our chat group is open. The usual cast of characters is already in there. So uh, you can head on over. If you're listening live on the speaker on a Spreaker app or on the Spreaker website and you have an account with Spreaker, which you can get, it's free, uh, you can jump into the chat group and join these guys in there and, uh, and, and you know, we can interact during the course of the program. So last thing on the, on the announcement list, uh, look over on our website to uh, find the Sword Swag tab. Once you've found that tab, you open that up, and lo and behold, what do you have? Well, we have our Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, which I have right here in front of me uh, with my tea in it. And then also we have our Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts, of which I am wearing at the moment. So uh, you can get those. The a mug is a $25 contribution. And the T-shirts are a $35 contribution. As a matter of fact, yesterday uh, when I was at church uh, for our Wednesday night Bible study, one of the brothers in the church had asked me about uh, uh, getting one of the shirts. And, of course, you know, we're going to take care of that for him. We'll get it. Uh, But he gave me a suggestion, and and honestly, I didn't think of it until he mentioned it. So we've been ending uh, a lot of our shows of late with uh, the admonition to win the lost at any cost win the lost at any cost. And uh, he asked me if that was printed on the T-shirt. And actually, it's not. But it's a good idea. It's a very good idea. So I'm going to be looking at uh, how we could design the shirt with the the uh, the breast logo that we already have and include that line of win the lost at any cost. So, uh, Brother Alex, we appreciate the suggestion. If you're listening, thank you for that. We're going to look into it. And uh, who knows, yours might be the first one with it. We shall see. All right, so we're going to do a little different here. Usually we take a break at this point, but we're going to not do that. And we're going to go right into our prayer requests. All right. Let's see here. What do we have? Um, As always, we pray for salvation first and foremost. That's the most important thing that we have to pray about. So when we do the salvation prayer list, we, we mention by name. And uh, uh, I'm looking at this, and unfortunately it hasn't changed. Uh, as far as people coming off the list, we haven't had any additions either. So folks, if you know anybody, if you're talking to folks, I'm sure we all know somebody that we're working on, that we're talking to, somebody in our family that's not saved. If you want them added to their, our prayer list for salvation, I would ask you to please let me know so we can put them on there. All right, but we're going to pray for the salvation of my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, my granddaughter, Carmela, and David, uh, all of which are back in New York, uh, except my granddaughter, she's in New Jersey. And, you know, we'll forgive her for that. That's fine. She doesn't have a choice at this point. She's still a baby. But uh, we're going to pray for my mom, my sister, my granddaughter, and David uh, for their salvation. Uh, So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gift that you've given us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, on this Thanksgiving time, uh, we pray and we are so humbly grateful for the gift that you gave us through your Son. 
Father, it did. It wasn't a cheap gift. It was a heart-wrenching. It was a painful gift for you to give your precious son. Father, I don't understand it sometimes. Sometimes I struggle with it. How you could look on man and be mindful of man that you would give your son for their salvation. But you did, and we are so thankful for that. It's something that there's nothing, nothing that we could do of ourselves to earn a place in heaven with you. It had to be through the sinless, precious, perfect blood that the book of Acts says was your blood. That's the only thing that could atone for the sins that, of, that, that, that we bear. It's the only thing that could cleanse us of those sins. And we're thankful for that blood. So, Father, tonight, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, Carmela, and David. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would draw them to yourself, that you would make the desire and the, uh, the, the, the overwhelming sense of need to come to you in them, that you would pull them to you if necessary. Lord, that you would just grab hold of their heart and drag them to you, that they may see the sweetness and the mercy and the grace of salvation. Father, we lift them up to you tonight, and we ask you just to please, Father, save them. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, going down our sick list, um, just a couple of quick updates for you. Uh, we're still praying for Pastor Martin. Um, we, we've determined that the problem with his eyesight was a result of some medication that, we's on, that he was on. Uh, we're, we're praying for my sister, Laura, for a slip disc in her back. Uh, Bernice going through uh, our, her chemotherapy treatments and uh, uh, this uh, experimental treatment that she's getting uh, from Mexico. Uh, we're also praying for uh, Bernard Maurer recovering from his surgery, his back surgery, uh, Alan, prostate cancer, and Janae uh, for her heart. Heavenly Father, we just lift up all of those to you on our sick list tonight. We ask you, Lord, just to touch each and every one of them. Lord, we ask you just to, uh, just to work in them. We know, Lord, the Bible tells us that you are the great physician, and there is nothing here on this list or anywhere that you can't fix. And, Lord, we commit them to you. We ask you, Lord, in your mercy. We ask them uh, in your perfect will for them, Lord, that you would just touch each and every one of them, that you would bring healing where healing is necessary, that you would bring comfort where comfort is needed. And, Lord, that you would just draw them to yourself. Lord, you would, you would just let them know that you're there, holding them up, sustaining them. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you would bring healing. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you, Lord. We'll bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, uh, let's see. We're also going to be praying momentarily for uh, the Gonzalez family. 
they lost their child to sudden infant death syndrome. So it's a terrible, terrible thing uh, to have happened. And uh, I couldn't even imagine what it is that they're feeling and they're experiencing. But I know that our God is a God of comfort. And I know that he will wrap his arms around them and uh, try to help them to make sense of what has occurred. We're also going to pray for uh, Robert, who lost his brother. Uh, We're going to be praying also for, um, let me see, Isabella and her walk with the Lord, Angel for uh, her pregnancy, Robert for um, uh, working on the border. Robert's a guardsman, and uh, we're thankful for his service down on the border, and we know that he's witnessing and he's being uh, a good a good steward of the gift that God gave him. And uh, I know that he's speaking up for salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ to those that he works with. So we're going to pray for him. Um, uh, let's see. Tony is asking for prayer for witnessing opportunities, which is a great, great prayer request. So Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up the folks on this portion of our list to you, Lord. We want to pray for the Gonzalez family. Lord, we, we just ask you, Father, that you would just bring comfort to them right now, that you would uh, impart to them that, uh, that suffering grace that they need right now as they deal with this heartache and this loss. I, Lord, I, I know I said it already, but I can't even imagine what it is they might be feeling. So, Lord, we just commit them to you. We ask you to bless them, protect them, Lord. Uh, uh, Give them that grace that they need and and show them mercy tonight, Lord. And going forward, help them to understand what has actually taken place. And and give them a sense of comfort, Lord, that their child uh, is in glory with you. And we'll thank you for that. We also want to pray for Robert. Uh, We ask the same for Robert, that, um, you know, uh, Robert lost his brother. And uh, we pray that. Lord, you would bring comfort and you'd bring, uh, give him that measure of grace that he needs as well as he deals with this loss. From what I understand, Father, is this, is, this is his only surviving brother. So we just, uh, we just pray for Robert and his family as they, as they grieve and as they mourn. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you would just be magnified uh, through their suffering as well. Father, we're praying for, uh, for Robert down on the border. We pray for his... Uh, his testimony, we pray that you would protect him and keep him safe while he's been in performance of his duties. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would use him as a, as a great testimony of salvation to those that he's serving with, and Lord, that through him, others might get saved. Lord, we, we also want to pray for uh, Isabella with her walk with the Lord. We're praying for uh, Tony for a witnessing opportunity uh, where he works, and Lord, we're, we're thankful for that heart. We ask you, fathers, to bless them, protect them, Lord, as they, as they go about their day rubbing their shoulders with the filth of this world. Lord, that you would hedge them about, protect them, and, uh, and use them in a mighty way in their requests. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, we also have some unspoken prayer requests. So uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has an unspoken prayer request. Dan, Jim Hall, George... Uh, uh, Jason and Mike Elizalde. We all, we're also uh, adding um, uh, Brother Alex Herrera to that list as well. So, Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you with these unspoken prayer requests, Lord. You know exactly what those needs are. We pray, Almighty God, that you would uh, uh, you would respond to those prayers uh, according to your perfect will for their lives, and uh, we pray that you would. 
give them clarity as they think through the troubles and the problems that they're having or whatever it is they're experiencing. We pray, Lord, that you would, uh, you would answer those prayers, at Lord, that you would give them understanding uh, of what exactly it is that you would have them do with that response. And, Father, we'll thank you and we'll bless you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, uh, don't be shy. Email them to us. You can go to our website, com. Click on the contact section button. You can send us a message there, or you can in- email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at com. All right, so what we're going to do here now is we're going to take our uh, first break of the evening. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a longer break than usual. That's because we didn't uh, take it earlier in the opening of the show. Uh, so, uh, But this will give you a good opportunity to go grab yourselves uh, your King James Bible, grab yourselves your cup of coffee, that bottle of water, maybe even some tea. And when we come back, we'll be getting into our study for today on 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we'll be back right after this. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. All right, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. We're going to get started with our Bible study in just a second, but during the break, I actually cut it short by one song. Uh, I got uh, uh, Robert P. sent me an email and asked to be put on his unspoken prayer list. So we added Robert P., and uh, we're also adding uh, Larissa Rodriguez to the unspoken prayer list. And we're going to pray for them really quickly now. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again for this opportunity to come before you in prayer. Father, we want to lift up Robert P. for uh, his unspoken prayer request. And Lord, we're also going to lift up uh, Larissa Rodriguez for her unspoken prayer request as well. Lord, you know what those needs are. And uh, we ask you, Father, that you would uh, just uh, examine those prayers, examine the motives of those prayers, and, Lord, that you would answer those prayers according to the perfect will you have for them and their lives. And we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, uh, we're launching into the book of Second Timothy. All right, so uh, grab your Bible, head over to Second Timothy and chapter 1. And uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to grab some tea here. All right. Now, Second Timothy. <clears throat> Second Timothy is sometimes known as uh, Paul's swan song. From from all evidence, it's the last book that he wrote. It's the last thing he has to say before he's martyred for his death, uh, martyred for his faith. <laughs> sorry, martyred for his faith and his trust in Jesus Christ. So, really, when you examine a letter, it's it's really intensely personal. And quite obviously, the book is written to Timothy. Uh, young Timothy is his, uh, his protege in the ministry. Uh, uh, he labored with Timothy over, uh, and taught and trained and, and traveled with him. Uh, he's done everything he, be- he can to help Timothy to grow into this business of the ministry. 
you know, it, it's a long-term process. You can go to school. Timothy's school was just Paul. But you can go to an official Bible college and seminary and so forth, but that doesn't really prepare you for the ministry. That prepares you to get started, no doubt. Uh, but what you're there for is basically to learn how to learn. So Timothy had been in the process of learning how to learn. So, well, here it is. It's a rather personal book, but there's application that we can benefit from. So let's get to the book. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Well, there isn't any life outside of Christ Jesus. There's only life in him. You see, real life, real life is defined in the word of God as what? As eternal life. This life isn't life. This life that you and I are living right now, this is just a temporary journey. That's all it is. That's all it is. And I don't really like using that word journey. You hear that a lot right now in, in some Christian circles that are starting to embrace that new agey kind of feel to it. You know, I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey. Uh, this journey that I'm taking, uh, you know, I'm on a different journey now. Oh, please. Verse 2, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He was his son in ministry and, uh, and considered him almost a son in the flesh. I mean, he was as close to him as he could possibly be. Paul is, is very endeared to this young man, and he only wants the best for him and his ministry. Verse 3, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So that, that introduces us to a little theological nugget that's really worthy of some pursuit. Paul says, what I'm doing, I'm doing with a pure conscience. Now, this is the same Paul that said his greatest sin was persecuting the church. This is the same Paul that said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. He said that there's a part of him that wants to do the right thing and a part of him that wants to do the wrong thing. This is the same Paul. Then he turns around and he says, I'm serving God with a pure conscience. Well, how could that be? How could it be that on one hand, he effectively says, I'm a dirty rat. I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Then he says, I'm serving God with a pure conscience. You see, service is one thing. Your personal sin is quite another. Basically, he's saying, I'm doing what I know God wants me to do. So my conscience is pure and clean in that regard. You'll never have a pure conscience regarding your flesh until it's eradicated, until you leave it. But you can have a pure conscience about your service if you're convinced you're doing what God wants you to do. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, a successful person is one who finds God's will and does it, whatever it is. God's will for you might be very different from the person sitting next to you. No, whatever it is. Paul is serving the Lord with a pure conscience. But what does that mean? 
It just means that he's doing what the Lord told him to do. And by the way, it got him to a it got him into a lot of fixes along the way. It really did. So then he goes on and says, "Without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers, night and day." So this is the same Paul that said, "Pray without ceasing." So he he prays for young Timothy. You know, one of the best things you can do for anyone is pray for them. That's why we go through a prayer list uh, every show. Uh, Paul is praying for young Timothy. You know, and, and those of us that are a little older, you know, we need it too. We do. We need it too. But young ones need prayer. Verse 4. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. So evidently, young Timothy has had expressed some fear and, and trepidation about a lot of things within the ministry, which is indicated here. And, and, and a couple of verses later on, actually, too, as I was looking through it, uh, and he even, even brought perhaps tears to his eyes and to his heart. There's nothing particularly wrong with tears. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy, your Bible says. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. He said, I want to see you. I really want to see you. I'm mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. Now, if Paul was going to be filled with joy because of Timothy's tears, I would presume that those were tears over souls. Wouldn't you? Doesn't that make sense? Those are tears over souls. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So Timothy is shedding some tears for some folks, and Paul says that that brings him some joy. That's kind of a strange thing, isn't it, when you think about it? It's kind of strange. Verse 5, when I call to remember the unfeigned faith that is in thee, unfeigned, Basically, it's unfettered, as it were. Pure, true, unfeigned. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Now, we live in an age in which women with careers are exalted and women that stay home and raise kids and our homemakers are really kind of looked down upon, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? But you see, that's not God's opinion. God has quite a different opinion. What he's talking about here is the obvious influence of Timothy's grandmother and mother and what that influence had on him in spiritual things. You know, ladies that are listening, you have children, you know, you have an opportunity as a mother, as a grandmother to be influential, a lot of times in ways that no one else can be. So if God's given you the opportunity to be a mother, be the best godly mother that you can be. If God's given you the opportunity to be a grandmother, be the best godly grandmother that you can be. It may very well demonstrate itself in some uh, wonderful fruit down the road, like a young Timothy. You got to think about that. Verse 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. 
For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now that kind of refers back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the uh, ordination service. Do you I hope you guys remember that? You know, Paul talked about the putting on of hands. How about this? Let's go back to First Timothy chapter four really quick. First Timothy chapter four and verse fourteen. First Timothy chapter four and verse fourteen. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now we had talked about the ordination service, we we and what's what's you know what that's all about and, and so on and what goes on there. Now here Paul is reminding Timothy of that occasion and and of the gift that God gave him. Now clearly it's it's not like some special gift wrap box, you know, descending from the north end of heaven on a Baptist parachute, you know, that entered into the ordination service. Not what it is, but but uh, but what it is is if God calls someone to a particular job, he'll give you the necessary gifts to accomplish the job, whatever that might be, whatever it is. How many times have someone said, you know, I'm just not gifted in that area? Well, you know what? Good. That makes you a good candidate. God's not always looking for the gifted folks. You know, uh, the, the Lord chose the base things of this world to confound the wise, the Bible says. The Lord's looking for folks that are just willing, just willing. Use me, Lord, any way that you can. So he says, remember that? Stir it up. Stir it up. And that's a phrase that's become used a lot. You know, things get stirred up. You know, when you stir things up, it, it usually helps to activate something, doesn't it? How many times have you been outside and, and, you know, it's like sitting in your yard or something and you had like a fire going? You know, I have this really nice wood-burning fire pit in my backyard. But, you know, what would happen is you, you would get a fire going and uh, after a little while, the fire would kind of die down. And then there are just those coals and those embers that are in there. And, you know, it's like this... Oh, I don't know, it's like this ashy gray blanket over those things, right? So what do you do? What do you do? Well, you put more wood in the fire, don't you? Of course. But before you do that, to make sure that, uh, just, you know, to make sure those logs that I throw on there actually catch fire, I take the poker, and, and what do I do? Well, I stir it up, don't I? So you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've all done the same thing. I hope I'm not talking, you know, to the wall or something. I'm sure you've all done the same thing. You know, just stir up the fire, throw some more wood on there, then sit back and enjoy it. Sometimes you have to, you know, stir things up so that the fire will catch. Paul is telling Timothy to stir things up. Do you know what I'm trying to stir up with these shows? I'm trying to stir you up to do something. You know, Lord willing, for our Sunday afternoon show, I'm going to talk about your sin issue. I'm going to try to stir you up to do something about it. You know, sometimes you can stir people up in, in, a, in just a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Now, I mean, th this is an illustration I was thinking about using on Sunday. I may or may not. I don't know. But I, I've been poking around a lot of a lot of books looking for some, some good illustrations. You know, this... Um, this wiseacre young man uh, said to the old preacher, you know, you preachers, 
always talk about the weight of sin. I want to know, how much does sin weigh? And he said, he said, uh, I, I don't feel anything. Does it weigh like, what, 20 pounds, 80 pounds, 50 pounds? What does sin weigh? You're always talking about the weight of sin. You know, the apostle said, lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Well, then the old preacher said, well, let me ask you this. If we had a corpse laying here and we put 400-pound weights on it, would he feel it? The young guy said, well, no, he's dead. The preacher looked at him and said, that's your problem. You don't feel the weight of sin because you're dead in trespasses and sin. <laughs> that's good. No further comment on that, right? Amen. Amen. So people will always try to trip you up. They'll always try to trip you up, just like the press is always trying to, you know, to trip up conservatives, right? When you realize that the press is 99% liberal and is against you, the only way to deal with it is to fight back. But another topic, another subject, another day, different show, right? Okay. Verse 7. Uh, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, that is one of those verses that ought to be underlined in your Bible. That's a, an absolutely wonderful verse. It's a tremendous, tremendous truth. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Then why are God's people fearful so much if he hasn't given us a spirit of fear? If God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, then when you're fearful, where did that spirit come from? Well, it didn't come from God. It's an evil spirit, right? If it didn't come from God, it's an evil spirit. It's an evil spirit that creates and causes and manifests fear in people's lives. So the next time you're fearful, do you know what you need to say? You need to say, get thee behind me, Satan, and then read this verse. Commit it to memory. Quote it. So we're not given to the spirit of fear, but of power, he says. Power is a wonderful thing. And of love and of a sound mind. So the Lord doesn't want you to be like a, like a crazy wackadoodle. God says that he has the, the capability of giving you a sound mind. A sound mind. All right, folks, we're, we're going to come up on verse 8, but before we do that, we're going to take a sh very short break, and uh, when we come back, we'll continue on. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Get us up on those algorithms. Give us those five-star reviews if you can, if you feel like we're worth it, and we'll be right back after this. Don't go away.
I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. 
those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always, by all means. The Lord be with you all. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Hey, folks, if you like what you're hearing, uh, why don't you uh, give us that five star, like, subscribe, and share it on all your platforms, and uh, help us get this uh, algorithm going. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a great opportunity to do that. Well, welcome back to the show. We are uh, continuing our study here in the book of Second Timothy, chapter number one, and uh, we're going to open up to verse eight. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, neither of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. So here Paul is simply encouraging Timothy, you know, don't be ashamed of your testimony. Don't be ashamed of me because I'm in prison. Don't let that bother you, he's saying. He's saying don't, you know, don't set your mind on the idea that you might have to suffer some affliction because of your testimony, your faith. You know, for your faith, it, it's, it's not always going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Verse 9, who hath saved us and called us within holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Okay, so now this is one of those verses that um, some of our hyper-Calvinist friends use to go AWOL on good doctrine. Now, I'm not going to spend any real time on this, but um, all I'll say is this. Our hyper-Calvinist friends like to tell us that we were in Christ before the foundation of the world. They base that on a, you know, a few isolated scriptures that they kind of twist a little bit here or there. But here's what I want you to think about. If I was in Christ before the foundation of the world, then I would have to get out of Christ and in Adam. For in Adam, all die. Amen? So if I had to get out of Christ and in Adam, then I'd have to get from Adam back into Christ. Now, does that make any sense to you? No, right? None whatsoever. Because once I'm in Christ, I'm there forever. Praise the Lord. I'm there forever. He won't let me out. And that's just something you need to think about. 
All right, verse 10. I know you're saying, boy, he's going through this fast tonight. Yeah, yeah, we are, kind of. But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Jesus didn't deal with death. Jesus didn't handle death. He abolished it. And as far as you're concerned, as, the, as far as the child of God is concerned, it's totally abolished. It won't be tolerated in his presence. That's what abolish means. Did you ever stop to think about it? It was pretty hard to die when Jesus was around. Really. Jesus spent a career breaking up funerals, didn't he? Remember the widow of Nain's son? You know, there they were, hauling this poor young man to the graveyard to bury him, and then Jesus shows up, and, and what does he do? He raises him from the dead. Do you remember uh, that little 12-year-old girl, Jairus' daughter? You know, they laughed him to scorn when he said she wasn't dead, that she was just sleeping. And what did he do? He raised her from the dead. And you have to remember Lazarus, his good friend Lazarus, right? He'd been dead for four days, and, they, and, and he called him out of the tomb. You know, when I get to heaven, there, there really are certain rewinds I hope the Lord lets us see. I don't know if he will, but I'd like to. You know, wouldn't you like to see Lazarus all bound up like a mummy in, a gra- in grave clothes, just kind of floating out of the tomb? And then to see all the facial expressions of everyone gathered around? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I'd love to see that. So Jesus has abolished death for you. You say, yeah, but, you know, we're all going to die. Yeah, but God doesn't call it dying. He doesn't call it dying for the believer. As far as God's concerned, if you're a believer, you're not going to die. Then you might say, well, this body's going to die. Yeah, but you don't understand. Your soul has been separated from your body. Spiritual circumcision. The Lord looks at your body and he says, that's just worm food. That's all that is, just worm food, plain and simple. The Lord doesn't have any regard for it. You know why? Because he's promised you a new body. That's right. He promised you a new body, one that's incorruptible, one that's immortal. Don't you think that's going to be incredible? I can't wait. I am tired of this old body with all the aches and the pains and and everything that goes wrong with it, the high blood pressure and, you know, high blood sugar and, and you know, all the stuff that goes. I'm looking forward to that new body. No more knee pain or, or, uh, or, or ankle pain, you know, shoulder pain, back pain. No more. It'll be incredible. It'll be absolutely incredible. All right, verse 11. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Well, he covers all his bases there, doesn't he? Preacher, apostle, teacher of the Gentiles. Paul is reminded of the fact, and then he reminds Timothy, that his primary circuit is to the Gentiles. Even though in Romans chapter 9, he had this this, um, great heartbeat for Israel. He loved Israel, his brethren in Israel, and he desired that they get the truth. But he acknowledges the fact that God sent him to the Gentiles, not to Israel. Now, the Gentiles, that's us. 
That's us, folks. Thank God that he did. Thank God that he did. All right. Verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. So all the suffering Paul had encountered, and when you read, there's a busload of suffering on the Apostle Paul. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That's a great verse. That's a great verse. And that verse has been put to song. And in my church, you know, we sing that song periodically. But uh, um, I, know in whom, I, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. It's a wonderful song. It's a wonderful song, and you should be very happy that I didn't sing that little portion of it there. It's a wonderful song because it's Scripture. It's Scripture. Now, let's just take a minute and think about the essence of it for just a moment. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Well, what in the world is he talking about? Well, how about this? Let me illustrate it like this. Let's say Bob. Bob has $100,000 cash money. So Bob decides he's going to go do something with that $100,000. So he's going to go to the bank, and he's going he's to go in, and he's going to talk to them about um, a CD. Now, he'll be disappointed, but this is only an illustration, Okay. <laughs> Uh, he's going to go to the bank and he's going to tell them that he doesn't trust the stock market. He doesn't know what to do with this hundred thousand dollars. So he tells them that he wants to buy a six month CD with this hundred grand. Now he believes, he believes that the bank is honest and trustworthy and is able to keep his $100,000 and pay him the designated interest at the conclusion of the six months. A CD is a certificate of deposit, in case you didn't know. So he leaves the $100,000 there. They write him a receipt that acknowledges that he's deposited $100,000, and they're going to pay him X amount of dollars in interest at the end of the six months. I know in whom I've believed. He believes the bank. And I am pers- and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So you've committed something, right? Bob committed his money to the bank, in effect. And he said, I believe they'll perform at that day. Well, what that day? Payday, right? Collection day. Interest day. Does God pay interest? Can you point to a passage of Scripture that tells me that God pays interest? If you know, the chat room is open. You can drop the link right into the chat room. I'll give you a minute. Well, you find that parable over in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Do you remember what Jesus said to the unfaithful servant? He gave him the pound, right? And he said, why didn't you at least put it in the bank and gain by usury? That's interest. Is there a bank in heaven? 
Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Lord says, why don't you at least gain some interest on this thing, if nothing else? And then the poor guy says, well, I just went out and buried it. The Lord said, you're a dummy. Why didn't you do something with it? So now here's Bob again. Bob says, okay, I'm going to come back in six months. On the designated day, he goes back. And he says, okay, I've come to collect my interest and my principal. Why? Because he's been persuaded that the Lord, or the bank in this case, was trustworthy enough to come through on the designated day, and that very simply is the meaning of the verse. I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now, what had Paul committed unto the Lord? Well, he didn't have any money, right? We established that already a while ago. He didn't have any money. He committed his service. He committed his service. Isn't that what he's talking about in the chapter? He committed his service unto the Lord. You know, years ago, back in the ministry of D.L. Moody, they were having a, um, a missions conference, and they were having all these missionaries come and present their fields, talk about their service to the Lord, and, and all that stuff that was going on. And they, they passed around an offering plate, uh, you know, basically taking an offering for the missionaries. Well, there was this little boy there. He was around 10, uh, 12 or 13 years old, if I remember right. And the plate came to him. But, you see, he didn't have any money. He didn't have a dime in his pocket. And he put the plate on the floor, though, and he stood in it. And he said, this is what I can give. I can give me. And he did. The Apostle Paul had submitted himself to the Lord, and he was quite confident that the Lord was going to reward him in that day. In that day. All right, verse 13. Verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Now that's an interesting phrase, uh, the form of sound words. Not just sound words. Hold fast the form of sound words. So when you form something up like a foundation, when you form something up, that's what contains the material that goes in it. The sound words go in it. You know, Paul is just such an extreme Bible alter, you know, a heretic, that he says, hold on to the form too. Don't let any of it get away. And there it is. Hold on to the form. All right, verse 14. Verse 14. That good thing which was committed unto... Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Verse 14, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. So it's the Holy Ghost which will, which will help you keep that which was committed unto you. You know, don't lose any rewards. Don't lose any rewards. Second uh, John, Second John refers to the possibility of losing rewards. You know, don't lose any. This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. 
This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. When we went through First, First Timothy, Paul talked about uh, some that turned away. You know, uh, some turned away, some did this, some did that. And it was all in a negative context. When we get to Second Timothy, it's not some turned away or some did this. In Second Timothy, it's all have turned away. It goes from some to all. Wow. I mean, think about that. The great apostle Paul, the author of 13 epistles in the New Testament, and his life is concluded by saying, everybody, they've all turned away, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. So Onesiphorus, if I'm saying it right, was, was a guy that had a heartbeat for Paul and his ministry. He loved him. He cared about him. And he came to Rome and he found him and he ministered to him in any way that he possibly could. Then verse 18, verse 18, the Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Now those two little words, again, that day, you know, words mean things. They do. Words mean things. What is that day? Now, that day, and, and I could show you several other references that point to the same thing, but that day refers to the judgment seat of Christ. That's that day. So as, as, as we anticipate and look forward to the judgment seat of Christ, Paul says, I pray that Onesiphorus receives mercy. Well, why would anybody want or need mercy at the judgment seat of Christ? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says the judgment seat of Christ will be a terror to some of the saints. I mean, you think about that. I mean, that's incredible when you really stop to think about it. But do you know why it'll be a terror to some of the saints? No rewards. No rewards. Even though you try, even though you try. You know, I preached a couple of times in the judgment seat of Christ, and it's, it seems like, to me anyway, it's one of the hardest subjects in the world to approach. Because uh, so often you get the impression that people just draw a total blank. They just completely blank out on you. I mean, come on, folks. You know, the Lord is going to judge us. Not for our salvation. That was determined at Calvary. And our response to it. But for our works, for our labor, God is going to judge us at the judgment seat of Christ. So because of the activity and the attitude of Onesiphorus, Paul is just praying that he receives mercy at the judgment seat. And that's probably very applicable. I'm praying for mercy at the judgment seat. Mercy, Lord, mercy. But you can, you can have and serve the Lord with a pure conscience, as we've already discussed, if you just know what you're doing is what God wants you to do. 
Did you catch that? You can serve the Lord with a pure conscience, as we've already discussed, if you just know that you're doing what God wants you to do. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of 2 Timothy and chapter 1. So, we went through that really fast. Uh, I really hope that you guys uh, got everything that I was trying to get to you through that. Again, this is a very intensely personal letter between the Apostle Paul and young Timothy. So uh, we're going to be getting into the rest of this, uh, into the rest of this book, Lord willing, next Thursday. So folks, uh, don't forget to tune in on Sunday evening at 3 p.m. for our Sunday afternoon service. Head over to the website. Uh, fill out that um, fill out that uh, contact us form and send us over a message and any prayer request. If you can support us, that would be great. Click the support this podcast button. And until Sunday, Lord willing, I'll see you then. God bless you. Take care and win the lost at any cost. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.